This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportstalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Great to be with you on this Monday night as we come to you from our brand-new studios here at the Point Radio in downtown Columbia. We're still working through a couple of the little adjustments, transitioning from one show to the next. So those of you who are ordinarily getting us on the stream, you'll have us there momentarily once we get everything hooked up and ready to go. But we are excited to be in this Beautiful studio Kevin Cohen has put together here at the Point Radio in Columbia, flagship station of the almighty Sports Talk Media Network. Hope you had a great weekend. What a weekend. We got so much to unpack tonight here on Sports Talk. It's the Monday after basketball. Clemson goes down. USC goes down. USC women go up. Great win for the USC women up at Connecticut yesterday. Trailed early. You knew that wasn't going to last and fought their way back, and then they they do what they do, and that is eat you up inside. Didn't necessarily outscore them in the paint, but beat them on the boards, second-chance points, things like that. Uh, big for the USC women in that win at UConn yesterday. And so we'll hear from Dawn Staley some of her thoughts about that victory from uh, yesterday. They stayed number one in the AP women's top 25. Meantime, the uh, USC men lost another heartbreaker. At least they're being competitive, right? At least you can say, uh, well, the Georgia game, this game, they were in it with a chance to win it and couldn't make the play at the end of the game to get the W. And so they continue to uh, sink in the SEC standings. They're going to be in the play-in round of the SEC tournament. You know that in a few weeks. But what they're playing for right now is establishing culture, is establishing their identity as a program because they're not going to win many ballgames. And, of course, Clemson loses two in a row now, and they drop out of the top 25. And the Tigers lost a game at home in front of a a packed house, 9,000 at Little John Coliseum, a game they could have won. They played well enough offensively to win that game, but it was their defense. They could not come up with key stops for um, the uh, for Miami against Miami could not come up with key stops there in the second half and the hurricanes um, hit some big shots to open the second half they came out with a barrage of uh, three-pointers opened up the lead and then uh, you know Clemson fought back but could not could not overtake the hurricanes so back-to-back losses now for the Tigers they continue to lead in the ACC it's a slim lead but they're still atop the league standings at this point. But now they've got a week off till Saturday when they go up to Chapel Hill and play North Carolina. Not an easy place if you're looking to uh, break a losing streak going up to Chapel Hill. Uh, even though the Tar Heels you know, were handled by Duke on Saturday, they're still the Tar Heels, and they're still tough on Clemson up in Chapel Hill. Tigers have that one victory. 
And so they'll try and get it right up there against the, the Tar Heels on Saturday. We've got uh, plenty of other things to talk about. Um, South Carolina is going to have um, a major announcement uh, tomorrow. In the morning or early afternoon, uh, the media is being called over for uh, a preview of this announcement having to do with, uh, I don't know what it has to do with, to be quite honest with you. There's been rumors, of course, for a little while that South Carolina was looking to purchase the uh, land from the state fair and turn that land into major development across the street from williams Bryce stadium i don't know if that's what this is about or not we're going to all find out together uh sometime tomorrow but ray tanner is going to be in on the presentation in the morning and we'll find out then uh what this is all about the way it was uh described Today, in the announcement from USC of a meeting tomorrow, is a proposed major development project. And Ray Tanner and the CFO from the university are going to meet with the media uh, tomorrow. So we'll find out more about that when that is uh, given to us. But that's pretty exciting news for the USC athletic program, I would guess. And we'll see what comes of that. Our phone number is 888-898-2525. That's the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number here on Sports Talk. Chris Berg will be with us from the Berge Palace. In fact, I think Berge is with us now as we yes. welcome him into our brand new, beautiful, modern, well put together, um, engineered to a T studio here at uh, Glory Communications here on the Sports Talk Media Network. How's it sound to you back your way? It sounds delightful, Phil. Fancy, fancy stuff. You finally broke open the uh, purse strings a little bit, hung huh? Got us a, a big-time studio. I'm impressed. Now, this would be all on Kevin Cohen's dime. We're <laughs> Even just <better>. here. <laughs> We're just here for the ride. We're just here for the ride, but I'm glad we are along for the ride because this is a major, major a step up for everybody in his organization and in our organization today, let me tell you. What is the old saying about how you become a millionaire? You spend other people's money. That's so a smart way to do it. Yep, That's exactly. the smart way to do it. How was your weekend? Another uh, L for the Chanticleers, <laughs> man. And, uh, boy, the season's starting to get very long for those guys. It's starting to uh, wobble a bit and almost go off the rails. That's their fifth straight loss, and it's it's a bad one. There's no other way to, to sugarcoat this because Arkansas State won their opening game in Sunbelt Conference play and lost 10 in a row and was playing with a, a very depleted roster. You thought UConn's women's team was having trouble with injuries. They can't hold a candle to what uh, uh, Arkansas State had been dealing with. Going into Saturday, they had missed 86 games from their starters combined. Hmm. And to try and piecemeal together, and they played very well. They, they really did. They had played better at home, so that was a concern. Coastal hasn't played all that well on the road. But uh, Coastal just never really got into the, the flow of things. And uh, Arkansas State led at halftime and went on to, uh, to win relatively easily. They took over uh, pretty much the momentum of the game early in the second half, and Coastal just did not have an answer. Now they come home for four in a row against some really good teams, starting with uh, Dan D'Antoni's club on Thursday in the uh, Marshall Thundering Herd in town. Well, the important thing for uh, Cliff Ellison Company right now is just to kind of hold it together, much like uh, Lamont Paris trying to hold it together. And, of course, the other side story coming out of the USC game on Saturday was the comments by Gigi Jackson live on his Instagram. You know what's funny? I was up at Clemson finishing up my work, and I saw where he had gone on Instagram live, and I jumped over there for a moment. I hate doing that, you know. I just – 
hate jumping into what teenagers are doing on Instagram, but, you know, being the nosy person that I am, <laughs> I jumped over there for about 15 or 20 seconds. I didn't see much going on, so I got back out of there to go back to work and finish up. Wish I had stayed because, of course, yeah. he uh, – I'm not going to say he cut loose because he was quiet. He wasn't screaming. He was answering questions from people on his Instagram. In fact, uh, in a moment after the break, we'll play what he actually said. We cleaned it up, of course, because there was profanity involved. But, I mean, I thought it was uh, out of place, and I thought it was um, something that South Carolina's basketball coach, Lamont Paris, should deal with. Don't know if he is because there's no – contact with Lamont Paris. Lamont Paris, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's by his choice or others around him, he has been the most reclusive basketball coach that I can recall at South Carolina. We never get to talk to him except after a uh, after a game. Mm-hmm. There's only been one in-season, since the preseason, there's only been one in-season media session with him, and that was before the Kentucky game. So we've had no Maybe access to him. should have him more him. often. <laughs> really, we've had no access to him, so you can't ask questions except after a ball game. He does his own radio show, and um, there is no SEC basketball conference call, so there's no access. So, uh, is he going to take action? Is he going to? Now, I know that uh, Jackson put out an apology uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, which to me, you know, my feeling about that. My feeling is when you say something, that's what you mean. It's just like with. Um, Bayheim up at Syracuse, who said all his things after the game Saturday, then he put out an apology. No, Jim, no, Gigi, you said what you think. I mean, you can apologize because somebody got to you and said you need to apologize to get people to back off and all that kind of stuff. And I know, look, he, he should be a high school senior, but if you're going to play like a pro and get paid like a pro, and he does endorsements for Under Armour, I'm talking about Gigi Jackson, he does endorsements for Under Armour, he does endorsements – for champ sports and he does others if you want to be treated like an adult and and paid like a professional then then you should act like one and i did not think that was acting like a professional when you come out and question your coaches about plays being drawn up and not getting the ball in your hands at the end and people say i'm supposed to be the guy and i'm not getting plays called for me and i'm not getting the ball at the end of these ball games and on and on and on and basically, I think, I mean, I think it's embarrassing to the basketball program to have your most marquee player do that in your own locker room. Had he gone back to 650 Lincoln, let's say, his room, and done it there, he did it right there in the sanctity mm-hmm. of the locker room. Uh, and uh, so, you know, my thought is, I mean, if I'm, I know that he probably had a come to Jesus meeting with Paris, but it's got to be, in my opinion, more than that. You either got to bench him for the start of Missouri or sit him for the Missouri game. I mean, if you don't do anything other than just talk to him, that to me is a sign of weakness for something like that, to come out and second-guess your your coach. And I don't want to hear this this excuse. Well, you know he's a competitor, and and that's just his competitive juices coming out. (laughs) And he wants to win more than anybody out there. That's just a competitive – no, 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 no. That's a cop-out. You know, that's a cop-out excuse. So I personally, I mean, my thought is a, uh, a coach worth his, uh, worth his beans would certainly not sit back and, and take that quietly 
and and would do something. But we'll have to wait and see because nobody can talk to Lamont Paris, and they're on their way to Missouri by now, and um, and we'll find out tomorrow if he's in the starting lineup. And it meant nothing because, listen, I've been told by every coach I've ever talked to, the fastest way to get a point across to a player is to cut his playing time, right? Sure. That's how you get his attention. You're not going to like what I'm about to say then. Okay. Because I couldn't disagree with you more. Okay. I will say this. The way he handled things, coming out and voicing his frustration inside the locker room, not the way to do it. And if I'm a Lamont Paris, that's the message I'm getting to him. But for a team that's playing as miserably as they are, I look at it from an entirely different point of view that somebody on that team freaking cares that they're disappointed because, I mean, it took them getting homered at Georgia before Lamont Paris actually looked like he cared what was going on and chewed the referees and almost got a technical. He finally showed some emotion. This is a team that plays with very little emotion, and I kind of took it as if, hey, finally somebody on that team is sick and tired of where they are right now and tired of the fact that maybe their best player is not getting the ball in crunch time. I realize they, they ran a play for him, and you know Eric Musselman is a good coach too, and they, they study film, and they realize that in crunch time it's probably going to G.G. Jackson if you're South Carolina. But he's got to take more than eight shots. He's got to get more than that many opportunities. So I understand his frustration. He didn't handle it well from that standpoint. But to me, it actually shows that somebody on that basketball team cares and is frustrated with where they are. I wouldn't sit him at all. I hear you. I hear you. That's a good take. Is he? Does he care more about that or care more about himself getting the opportunities and getting the shot? Or thinking point. about himself, knowing he's the best player, and as the best mm-hmm. player, he should be getting the shots. That's an excellent. That's an excellent take. I, I won't disagree with what you're what you're saying. Uh, phone number triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. We do have the stream going now, so we welcome those of you watching us on our stream. In the future, we'll have it up and running at the regular time. Uh, just tonight with the transition into our new place. It's taken us a couple of minutes to get everything in place. 888 South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number to reach us here on Sports Talk on this Monday night. Uh, we'll let you hear what Gigi Jackson had to say. A few other things. Today's been a great news day. If you like newsy type stuff, today's been a, a terrific news day. So I mentioned uh, Clemson dropped out of the AP, men's top 25. And the College of Charleston remains out despite winning at Delaware on Saturday. USC women remain number one in the AP women's ranking, and it's a unanimous thing for them. I think that's, did I see 33 consecutive weeks for South Carolina at number one, which is an SEC record, I do believe? I think I saw that from an SEC tweet. How about this story about the. the quarterback, Jaden Rashada, whose contract at Florida, his NIL deal, fell apart. The Athletic doing some great reporting here. Now, how about this, Chris? Here's where we are with some of these players. And this player's not even a great player from what I read. I mean, he his evaluation over the summer and into the season, apparently, uh, he dropped. Yet he still got this huge NIL a possible deal at Florida. $500,000 up front. $250,000 per month as a freshman. 
$291,666.66 per month as a sophomore, $375,000 per month as a junior, $195,833.33 a month as a senior. Total, $13.85 million for that deal. An excerpt from The Athletic said this, The Gator Collective's first payment to Rashada for 500000 was due December 5th. It would have come before Rashada enrolled at Florida. The Athletic asked Gabe Feldman, a Tulane Law School professor who specializes in sports law, to review specific clauses in Rashada's contract with Gator Collective. He said, quote, just the contact with the athlete prior to enrollment and using it as a recruiting inducement, that seems pretty cut and dry based on the timing. Under every version of the NCAA policy, that's problematic. Well, duh. And then, one more little note here. One more piece from The Athletic. As far as for how much NIL money Rashada landed by going to Arizona State, a person with knowledge of that school's collective said it was his understanding that an NIL arrangement for Rashada is, quote, non-existent. So he went wow. from possibly $13 million plus to zero? I don't buy that in the least. <laughs> There's just no way that's true. But even these numbers are interesting to me. First off, the oddball salary that he's getting paid, especially as a sophomore and senior. And secondly, if you are indeed out there to try and help your football program and not necessarily the young man, because clearly that's what these things are. They want to make sure that these kids stay and make their football program better at Florida and South Carolina, Clemson, whatever the case may be. Wouldn't it be a sliding scale going upwards Whereas as a senior, if you could keep him through his senior year, wouldn't you want to pay him more that year so he avoids going to the NFL instead of dropping it where he would actually make the fewest amount of dollars of his four-year career his senior year? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I don't know how it works, how they came with those numbers and how they figured it out. But here's the other point I want to make. You know, There's a lot of big talking going out there by uh, not the schools, but by people involved in these collectives. A lot of big talking uh, when a school is going after an athlete. And and I'm talking about people who write on the Internet and who are involved in these collectives, and they're writing about – I'm not going to name a school, but I'm gonna, they're, not, they're writing like, you know, my school, School A here, um, came back with a bigger deal for this player after School B uh, put in this amount of money and, you know, the school that I'm writing about, School A, got together and came back with an even bigger deal to make sure that they got the guy. And my point in all this is the NCAA is watching. And one place they look, of course, media reports, message boards, whatever, to see who's writing what and getting their leads on which schools might be violating their rules by using inducements via NIL in recruiting. Now, you might say, well, then they better investigate 128 FBS programs, <laughs> sure. which is possibly true. But you know what? I think they plan I think they plan to do it at some, at some point in time unless they announce, you know what? We got nothing. We got no power. We don't have enough uh, investigators. Uh, we can't put you all in jail. Have at it. But, throw, you know, being braggadocious about it for your program – 
that uh, you, you're throwing this kind of money at a guy and that kind of money to counter what somebody else is throwing at him. I'm just saying that could come back to be used against you in the NCAA's court of law, which they are judge and jury. And you are definitely guilty until you prove yourself innocent. Uh, one more, a couple more things from today, and we'll get to your phone calls, 888-898-2525. Just a lot of good stuff to kick around today. Uh, Kevin Steele going back to Alabama as defensive coordinator under Saban. So he's going back to a very uh, familiar place. And Clemson today announced the hiring of Koshe Irby as the new executive senior Associate Athletic Director, Chief Marketing Officer. He brings over two decades of experience to Clemson, including, I love this, including his recent three-year stint as Chief Marketing Officer of Professional Bull Riders. Somehow that just fits at Clemson. I'm sorry, it just fits. He will oversee all external units for the department, which presently manages all public interfacing areas of the Clemson Athletics brand. Obviously, Clemson wrote this. I couldn't write this. Couldn't come up with those kind of words. Irby brings, it says, a wealth of experience on the external side. Prior to his most recent role at PBR, he was at WWE as a regional director of live events. Also, the Alliance of American Football as president of the Memphis Express He was also at Georgia State, South Florida, and St. Louis. So he has a wide and varied background, uh, to say the least. Told you that uh, Jim Boeheim, after accusing Miami, Pittsburgh, and Wake Forest on Saturday of buying their teams through NIL deals. Boy, he just went off. I'm telling you, when you get in your 70s, you just don't care. Uh, He issued an apology today. Quote, I apologize to the schools I mentioned I believe the ACC member institutions are in compliance with NCAA rules governing name, image, and likeness. It was not my intention to imply otherwise. (laughs) Okay. These coaches just uh, never cease to amaze me. They want to complain about the recruiting platform is not fair. It's not level anymore. They want to call out these teams, but as soon as they do, they want to step back and say, no, 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 I didn't mean any of that. Yeah. It's either one or the other. Either you're upset about it and there are other teams – in your league that are cheating and call them out or just leave it alone and don't ever mention it again. Yeah, I think it's the either because, like I said, I believe that you believe what you say until somebody Mm -hmm. makes you walk it back. Uh, Apparently somebody uh, criticized USC women's coach Dawn Staley for wearing her Philadelphia Eagles attire Sunday instead of Gamecock gear because she tweeted them, uh, fly, Eagles, fly, Eagles gear until the Super Bowl is won. Use your comments on something you can actually change. <laughs> I tell you, wow. don't come at her on Twitter now because she'll f- uh, fire right back at you. Apparently it was somebody, a Connecticut fan, I believe. Somebody I asked a question that someone criticized, and somebody responded by saying it was a might have been a UConn fan saying something Phil, I don't know. It. I don't know that they're that far off base, though, but I, I'm really surprised that USC and even and more particularly Under Armour would allow her to wear stuff that's not Under Armour yeah, sanctioned and certainly not. I don't know why USC would want her on the sideline in a national-type ch- uh, game, national television, wearing a professional team's jersey mm. or a uh, pullover. I mean, could you imagine first day of opening day of Major League Baseball, Mark Kingston goes in the USC dugout in a Braves 
uniform. Mm. Or uh, I can't begin to imagine Shane Beamer running out in a Washington Commanders gear for their game against Georgia or Tennessee. I mean, it just doesn't make any uh, sense to me. And who's going to tell her otherwise? Well, that's what, that would be Ray Tanner. Well, who's going to tell her otherwise? <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, can, I can understand no, why I mean, people might be upset who is, about Who's going yeah. to stand up to Dawn Staley and say you can't do that? Well, She's again, never that should be, been told should be her no to anything that she wants to do, whether it's related to something her players want to do in making a social statement or whatever mm-hmm. attire she wants to wear or having her dog running around uh, at the press conferences after the game. I mean, it's, it's her world, man. We're just visiting. We're just and the passing through. Eagles weren't through. even playing yesterday. <laughs> well, I mean, she's just in, she's in Super Bowl form. You know, she's I mean, ready is to she going to do that this weekend when they take on LSU? Uh, I would say, when's the game? Mm-hmm. She, that game is when? Sunday. Sunday. It's before the Super Sunday Bowl. Sunday afternoon. Right? Yep, I'm sure she'll wear her. I'm sure she will wear her eagle, her eagle's mm-hmm. outfit, her eagle's jersey. Uh, Somerville product receiver AJ Green announced his retirement today from the NFL. We got to go to the break. Be back in a moment. are back with you here on Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, Monday edition, here from our new studios in Columbia. Pat Daniel is here picking up everything. Pat, how's it going? Are you having a good time over there? You learning everything? You got a great instructor. Trent Muldrow's in here making sure everything is working smoothly. Certainly do, and want to make sure we do give Trent lots of credit. Without lots him, of love. I think we love. would all be all be a little lost. He has worked tireless, tirelessly. I think he's been here since Thursday. I'm not sure he's uh, been home. His family probably misses him. He might be a little hungry. Might be time for a change. But uh, but we're just appreciative and thankful to have him here. I, I just hope Trent uh, inherited his dad's good hands. For those who don't know, he he is the son of the great Eddie Muldrow. Uh, outstanding receiver in his day at USC and more recently a very successful high school football coach who's now living the the good life of retirement probably fishing and playing golf and used to be a marathoner I don't know if he's still running but used to be a marathoner so okay judging by how things sound on my end I believe Trent is due about a week's worth of Seawell's buffet (laughs) we can take care of that but no trouble (laughs) you sound uh splendid I mean you sound outstanding I was telling Pat during the break, you guys got sort of that Barry White thing going on in the studio. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> Let's get to some phone call. Oh, no, before we do that, before we do that, I wanted to play the Gigi Jackson comments from after the game on Saturday just so we can wrap this thing up and, and just be interested to see what happens tomorrow night. But here he is from his Instagram as he uh, was alone in the locker room. I guess he was alone. Looked like he was alone. And this was uh, a little bit after South Carolina lost that heartbreaking, uh, tough game at home to Arkansas. And he went to his Instagram. And, and you might say, why are you diving into the guy's you know, private stuff? Well, he went live, so he made it public. This was a public domain sort of thing. So it was out there for anybody who follows him on Instagram to see. Here's what he had to say. I don't get it. What's good, Chris, bro? Like, can you help me answer that question, Chris, bro? Why don't, why don't I have the ball? In my hands when it's crunch time, bro. Ain't I supposed to be the this? Oh my God, GG. I don't see myself as that, but ain't I supposed to be quote unquote that? Like, just give me that. Crazy, bro. For real. I'm not even getting plays drawn up for me in the in the 
<laughs> the crunch time, bro. Xavier, I can't even do that, bro. I don't even know what, I, what I'm going to do next year, bro. I'm thinking about staying, bro. I don't know. Bro, I'm about to come in the locker room. How Kobe, uh, what's his name? How Lou Williams said Kobe did. Every time we go down the court, I touch the f ball. Man, I can't even transfer if I stay next year, bro. I already done betrayed one school, bro. I can't do it to another one, bro. All right, it's G.G. Jackson's comments on his Instagram Live on Saturday. I mean, yeah, I, I understand the frustration part, but you got to rise above that. I'm sorry, you got to rise above that, whether you're a freshman, you're a senior, and, I mean, you got a problem, then you go talk to your coach behind the doors, right, Chris? You don't go no, on Instagram, you go on Twitter, okay, you got issues, you go seek out your coach and say, hey, coach, I'm your man, get me the – Get me the ball. Find a way to get see. me the ball. Of course, Paris said after the game the the last play mm-hmm. was for Jackson to get the basketball. He mm-hmm. also got the basketball the last play in overtime against Georgia. It ended up in his hands. It was a pass to Gray, and Gray mishandled it, and he got it to Jackson. Jackson had to force up a difficult uh, long three, and he missed. This particular case, he never got his hands on the ball at the end. I can see the way he aired his dirty laundry, probably not the best way. But like I said, from a team that is struggling the way they are, I just looked at it as, well, finally somebody gets it and cares enough that he's frustrated with the way things are going. I mean, how much longer are you going to allow this to happen? They can't rest on that Kentucky game the rest of the year. This was the game they should have won at home. They had a chance to beat Georgia on the road. They could have beaten Vanderbilt earlier this season. There have been games this year that they probably should have won, and for whatever reason, they haven't. And finally, it looks like the frustration, especially at G.G. Jackson, just boiled over. The way he handled it, probably not the best, but at least if I'm looking at it from a fan's perspective, thank God somebody is caring about this team and the direction it's going in. So you, as the coach, as Lamont Paris, as that coaching staff, outside of him uh, issuing his apology, and let me uh, and to be fair and balanced, let me uh, read the apology. This was not recorded. This was put on Twitter. And so just to make sure we cover all the bases here, his apology read as follows. First, I want to apologize to Coach Paris, all of my teammates, and the University of South Carolina after reflecting on my behavior yesterday. I want to apologize for acting out in emotions and the comments I made on live after the game. Being that I am very passionate about the team and the game, I unfortunately took my frustration out in a very inappropriate manner. My behavior yesterday was not a reflection of my character. Going forward, I will move in a more mature and positive direction. I'm extremely proud of my team with yesterday's performance. We will take yesterday's performance as momentum to get even better again. I apologize. That would be the end of it. Now, I would if I'm Lamont Paris, I talked to him and probably did, and that's why you got the apology. But I would talk to him, you know, privately and say, Gigi, you got to handle things better. I understand your frustration. You can't air your dirty laundry, especially from our locker room. What was it Steve LaPrade said a couple of weeks ago down at Fort Dorchester? What's in the locker room is sacred. Same thing here. Um, He handled it poorly from that standpoint. I don't have a problem if I'm Lamont Paris about his his frustration, though. And like I said earlier, I'm I'm probably, if I'm the head coach, I'm excited that somebody is actually upset with the way things are going. Okay. Uh, The USC women, 29 straight wins. And that is the third longest in SEC history, next to Georgia with 32 and Tennessee with 46 straight. And the thing thing I mentioned was I think their week's at number one. 
think mm-hmm. they might have yeah. the SEC record for that. And I know we are we're going to get the phone calls. There's just so much good minutia out there that I wanted to mention. Uh, our poll question of the week has to deal with Gigi Jackson. And I may change this after the ball game uh, tomorrow, since by then it'll probably be not worth uh, voting on. But the poll question uh, of the week related to this situation, this incident, this um, public expression of frustration, I guess you would call it, with uh, Gigi Jackson. And uh, the question is, and you can vote on it on our Twitter at Sports Talk SC, the website sportstalksc.com. And the question is, um, uh, how should Lamont Paris react to this from this um, two-minute, it was a two-minute video, we cut it down. And so we've had 434 votes today, and 58% say just chew him out privately. 21% say he shouldn't react in any way, just let it go. 10.8% say not start him. 10.1% say suspend him. So you can vote on our Twitter at Sports Talk SC, on our website, sportstalksc.com. Okay, we'll get to some phone calls. And uh, phone number 888-898-2525 is the number. As soon as Pat catches up, he's been a busy little beaver since he got in here because he's had to do 100 things in uh, much less time than he normally has. Gamecock Larry in Swansea is with us up first tonight. Gamecock Larry, welcome in. How are you? But I'm not going to talk about Clemson tonight. I'm going to talk about Carolina Gamecocks. Okay. I got three things. I got uh, as far as G.G. Jackson and Coach Paris and what G.G. said, I would accept his apology, and I'd set him down for about two or three games. I wouldn't start him, uh, make him sit on the end of, end of the bench and let him pout. I mean, look, that I mean, what do you think these recruits out there that we're hoping to get? Think about this going on like this. And that's what I was wrong with. That's a lot of what's wrong with the game cop men today. They all depend on or they all building up G.G. Jackson. Now, number two, old Gino. Old Gino. He didn't learn one thing from Bobby Knight. You can't throw things on the floor. Gino, you lost that game for your ladies yesterday. But, uh, no, I believe we'd have won anyway, but you really helped us out. And I had one other thing I wanted to say, and I believe I already forgot it. Game cut, Larry. You've got to write these things down because you tend to forget the third thing in your mind. Uh, well, you look, usually get I'm, the first I'm two late. but forget the third. I'm laying in the bed. I'm saying this, thinking about my good old days and my bad old days. And oh yeah, oh yeah. Yesterday, uh, 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 I can't say her first name. Elijah, Elijah Boston. She proved it yesterday. She is the best women's basketball player in the NCAA. 
held it down three points, put three, two or three people on her, and she took it through the first half, and the second half she came out mad and got 23 points. Oh, yeah, I know what I was going to say. Uh, oh, my That wasn't God. it? <laughs> no. Let me oh, say God. this. Got... Let me say this about that. <laughs> now, yeah, she's great, and she she's a great player. Uh, is she going to win the Player of the Year award easily? I don't know. There's that player at uh, is it is it Iowa who's the great outside shooter? Yeah, Caitlin Clark. Yeah, she's still there, and she threw down a bunch of threes the other day. I mean, a bunch of threes, and you know, people like people okay. that can shoot the three. <clears throat> okay. Larry's not wrong about well, Gino yesterday. I agree with him. I, I think Gino, that's a bad technical. You can't take a technical in a six-point game like that. That was, I, I can understand his frustration from his perspective, but that was a horrible decision on his part from a guy who certainly should know better. Okay, well, uh, I, she won't, probably won't get player of the year because she don't play the whole game. She don't play about 20 or 22 minutes a game because we got a second team that can Stick with our first team, and we're going to win the NCAA. And just fella, go ahead and say it, Mister Phil. Get off the Clemson. No, oh, well, I ain't going to talk about them. Mm. But <laughs> I just thought to. Oh yeah, uh, Tiger, Tiger Bond, Game Larry calling you out. You was in the top 25, but you dropped a little bit, but we still beat you. Go Gamecock. All right. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Gamecock, Larry. As a matter of fact, guys, I was adding it up over the weekend. South Carolina is having a heck of a year head-to-head with Clemson in the Palmetto Series. The Gamecocks men's tennis team shut out Clemson the other day, 7 to nothing, And I believe South Carolina and Clemson, I think the standings are something like Six wins for the Gamecocks, two for the Tigers. There's been one tie. They had a draw in women's soccer, I think it was. Was it women's soccer? I think it was women's soccer. They had a draw. So the Gamecocks have, like, got six wins to the Mm -hmm. Tigers, too. Because, you know, they're not used to having that football point. They got the football point. (laughs) That was a bonus for them. They got the men's basketball point. They got the women's basketball. They uh, Clemson got the soccer, the men's soccer. And I think they had a tie in women's soccer. South Carolina got the men's tennis. And it was about like 5-2-1 or 6-2-1. South Carolina's got the upper hand. Let's go to Hank in Columbia. Next up here on Sports Talk. Hank, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing fine, Corn. Um, I, I will say one thing about the, the was it the Gigi thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he had the Instagram, I, I – the one, one of the reasons I hate um, bullet points and stuff when you play is because when he he, he was wrong in, in kind of going that way, even though back in the day if, if we had social media and, and stuff and Twitter like they have now, uh, I wonder how much stuff we would have heard coming out of some of our mouths True. impulsively. You know, like they tell us in the workplace, you know, early in the workplace, they always tell you, take a minute before you send that email. <laughs> when yeah. email first started out, remember how many bad emails went out when people were emotionally. So, but he did say in there that he like during that live, the original live, he talked about uh, loving his teammates and he talked about you know coming back and stuff like that. So 
So he's he's I, I'm I'm with Chris. I think that Harris probably sits and talks with him a little bit. But it just shows that somebody cares. Because remember, about a week ago, people were saying the team was out there didn't give a darn. But do you Wouldn't think Lamont effort? Paris needs to do something publicly other than just no, have him issue an apology? With, no, because when you're dealing with kids, this is this is the thing. Like Saban says, and some of y'all probably don't like it, your punishment is between your discipline and your, your guiding the kid is between you and the kid. Yeah, It was Instagram Live. I mean, I can see if he called a press conference or called up a show and went on like that. But – you know, uh, this Instagram live stuff is these kids broadcast about everything on live. If you go on and you watch and you normally get some stuff from a lot of people you'd never hear unless you're following them. So I'm sure he's teaching him because you still remember and you still got a kid that really should be in high school and you can say the money stuff and all that. But we've seen with these singing stars, just because they had a talent to sing, doesn't mean a bunch of them don't go awry when they're 16 and 17 with all that fame. But um, this is but this is my thing, Corn. I heard y'all talking about the Don Staley with the Eagles stuff. Why would anybody tell her or anybody how to dress? I uh, didn't do it. I'm just just asking the question. I just no, I saw saying, her I'm tweet. Saying, I saw would, her tweet, and I said, you know, did somebody yell at her for doing that? Yeah, but I'm saying, why would Ray Tanner or anybody tell her how to dress? Because it, there's no real dress code for the coaches. And since COVID, there's really been no real dress code. But you had Frank who always wore suits. Frank wasn't like – but when Frank was wearing suits, you had uh, coaches like um, Cal and guys who would wear the Kentucky top and, the, and that bottom. Sometimes Karnasekha wore suits. When you're successful – you get the kind of – nobody's going to tell Dabble he's got to wear a golf shirt when Dabble started wearing, um, what is it, the little kind of pullover sweatshirt mm-hmm. because he was successful. Bob Huggins sits there, basically looked like he crawled out of bed and thrown on a part of Bob's sweats when he coached, right? <laughs> Nobody – how many people tell Bob Huggins? How many people tell Bob Huggins what to wear? Let's uh, see, Hank, the Luke difference Carter, between – the- let me interject here real quick, and, and the problem I have with it, the difference between the guys you just pointed out and Don Staley is they're still wearing their school's logo. And well, Nike, I pays, say, I would, Nike pays a lot I of would, money for Clemson to have Dabo Sweeney wear Clemson stuff. <laughs> Under Armour does the same thing with South Carolina. Yeah, but when you uh, – Don, the, the, this is the thing I would say. When Dabo wears that Clemson pullover, you don't see the Nike symbol on it. You see orange and you see Clemson. You, I, I can tell you, if you go back and pull up games, there's not a swoosh on the sleeve or something. There's, there's not a, swoosh? there's not a swoosh, not on that sweatshirt that he puts over. Mm-hmm. I've been to some, I've been to Clemson games, mm-hmm. been on the field. Mm-hmm. On that sweatshirt, you do not see a swoosh on it. You go and pull it up, mm-hmm. and if you look at, uh, and if you think about it, Dawn, normally when she's not wearing her Eagles wear, she dresses in about six or seven thousand dollars worth of clothes that are Gucci. And it's been it's been highlighted by commentators about how well she dresses. Look at Kim Mulkey. She had on that pink and that um whatever that thing was the other day. <laughs> Those have nothing to do with LSU's Nike symbol on it, them 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 sequin stuff that she wears. I'm just saying she has the same leeway that pretty much uh, a lot of coaches do. Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick, 
Uh, I'm not, sometimes he's had some stuff that has the bills on it, but when he has on that thing that looks like he went out there to, to feed the dogs, <laughs> it's, it's, it's normally gray. There's no bills across it. But nobody talks to him about what he wears. So I don't know why anybody would tell Don what you got to wear. All right, we, we, we got to go. Thank you. Got to hit a break here. Uh, Pat, Pat tells me that uh, Dabo Sweeney game day outfit, every single photo has the Nike swoosh. Yeah, I did a quick That's, Google search, and, and every Clemson. single one, you can look through hundreds and, and hundreds of photos, and, 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 and every single one that, guys, says Clemson and has the Nike swoosh. Just That's saying. not even the bigger issue I've got with it. It's the fact that, regardless, uh, Hank brought up uh, Bill Belichick, who always has something that says Patriots on it. He brought up Dabo Sweeney. He brought up, uh, you know, um, oh, Bob Huggins. Everything Bob Huggins wears, it does look like he just rolled out of bed, but it says West Virginia on it. Yeah. If you're not going to wear a suit, uh, pantsuit, dress, skirt, whatever, like basketball coaches normally do now that they have changed since the pandemic, to me it should definitely have to be your school's colors and logo. I, mean, I would I think Under Armour would have been a little ticked off that on the biggest national TV game of the mm-hmm. year. Agreed. That there's no Under Armour on the head coach, you know, no Under Armour on Under Armour uh, logo or you know mention or anything like that. I guess, but hey, you know what? Like I said, who's gonna tell Don Staley what to do? Nobody. We got to go to the break. Be back in a moment. George Bryant for Tsunami Bar Sports, our inventor, David Abernathy, has always said Tsunami Bar technology allows us to take the training to the grass. Now I know through my sport of golf that natural agility can be converted to athletic ability. And why is this, Tsunami Robbie? Transferring the training to the grass. This may be the most undervalued characteristic of the Tsunami Flexible Bar technology. The Tsunami Bar action loads and unloads at the concentric and eccentric transition points. This is what we call reversal forces. And the Tsunami Bar is the only bar and training device that I know of that can train these reversal forces adequately at speed. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device, whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. Have you turned on the fun? Try Cash Pop from the South Carolina Education Lottery. Pick one number from 1 to 15, win up to $2,500. Or play all 15 numbers, and you're guaranteed to win. Play twice a day to double your fun. It really is that easy. Visit sceducationlottery.com to get the details. 
Cash Pop. It's the light of the party. Hey, by the way, I got a message for China. All right? Don't be flying your balloons over South Carolina in the future. Or you see what happens, okay? Shot fired from Fort Sumter brought that thing down. No, you think it's the U.S. Air Force. I think it was a cadet. I think it was Jerome finally got his wish from swimming out to (laughs) Fort Sumter and recovering cannonballs for future use. That was the future use to take down that Chinese balloon. Speaking of... We're going to go to John, who's from Detroit, but he says he's living by the balloon in Myrtle Beach. John, how are you? I'm great, sir. How you doing? Good. Good to have you with us. On that on that balloon issue, since you brought it up, I was actually, I witnessed the darn thing flying over us. I was up by 67th Street. Things flying around. All of a sudden, you see the air jets going. And so I go into the gas station, get some gas before I go into my uh, place of business. I come out of the gas station, and literally I heard the kaboom. I ducked like there was a bomb. I thought for sure those fighters dropped that thing, and it was coming down on top of me. It was so loud. (laughs) I had a buddy of mine who lives in Myrtle Beach, and he was on his back porch. He saw the same thing you saw. He saw the balloon. He saw the jets. Then all of a sudden he said, there was a blast, a boom so loud it shook his house. And he Absolutely. Did, yeah. It was a sonic boom for sure, sir. If you'll hang on, I hate to do this to you. we got to go to the top of the hour hard break. If you'll hang on, we'll come right back to you. You'll be patient. We'll come right back to you in just a moment. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, back in a moment. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel on this Monday night. Glad you're with us. Been a busy show. Back to your phone calls in just a moment. 888 That is the South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk since 2002. More than $160 million in lottery proceeds has been used to fund SC Hope Scholarships for the state's college-bound students. Learn more about the South Carolina Education Lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins and playing for fun is a win for education. Haven't touched on NASCAR yet. We should for a moment. NASCAR with the clash last night, the L.A. Coliseum. I thought the racing was exciting. I thought the cars sounded weird. I thought they, they did. sounded different. What was mm-hmm. the, What was going on with that? I have no idea. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, though. It's like taking 40 cars and put them in your backyard and drive them around. I mean, good grief. It was, I could have gone to the fair and watched bumper cars. It's like at the Myrtle Beach Grand Prix. 
out there with the go-karts that Darlington had a promotion a couple of years ago where Kyle Busch was in a racing. I just don't understand. I get what NASCAR is trying to do. Let's expand out west. Let's go to Chicago and run the road course, which I actually think is going to be fun to watch it in the city of Chicago. But this thing at the L.A. Coliseum, that's a football track facility. It should not be a NASCAR facility. I mean, the, the racing last night, was it was ridiculous to watch. Well, I mean, the racing was tight, and there was a lot of bumping, and there was a lot of grinding and a lot of wrecking, if that's what you're looking for. I agree. It's an extremely short track and very, very tight quarters. I thought the cars had a wheezing sound to them, kind of a high mm-hmm. pitch sound to them. I don't know if it's something for that particular car. You know, they've been testing mufflers at certain locations, and I don't know if that was it last night, but it was a little bit different hearing the sound of the cars last night. But looks like they had... A big crowd. Looks like the place was almost full. They had a halftime. I kind of. I'm going to suggest to Kerry Tharp next week when he begins his season-long visit with us that all NASCAR races go to halftime with halftime entertainment, bands, and um, concerts and things like that, just like they do in football games, basketball games. Let's have a halftime in NASCAR. Well, if you'll drop all the NASCAR races to 150 laps, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> They ran 150 laps last night, Phil, and ran for 37 and a half miles, to give you an idea. I mean, it's a, it's a quarter of a mile racetrack. Yeah. I mean, it's just it was so ridiculous on its surface. But, you know, props to Martin Truex. He got out front and led uh, second most, or actually third most laps. Kind of surprised he was able to uh, maneuver his way back up to the front and win that thing. But, yeah, the halftime they had to, didn't they? Because, I mean, you couldn't. it wasn't like they could go into the pits and they couldn't fuel up. Because uh, they were talking late in that race yesterday that some of the guys had to run that emergency race just to get in, mm-hmm. ran out of fuel because yep. they weren't able to refill before the uh, race started. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> now that that's a weird rule. I mean, you run yeah. you you run one race to get in, but they don't let you put gas in your car for no. the next race. Yeah, so you ran you ran out of uh, you ran out of fuel. Who was it? Both Todd Gilliland yeah. and also uh, Michael McDowell both yeah. ran out of gas because they couldn't refuel. That's odd. That's odd. Um, and of course, after the race, something else they did for NASCAR, I think, for the first time, is they had a medal presentation. So, like they do after what Formula One is it or Grand Prix or something, you have the top three finishers, mm-hmm. just like after um, Olympic events, you have the winner in the middle on the highest pedal still in the. Uh, the runner-up on one side and the third-place finisher on the other side, and they each got medals. Very nice. NASCAR's going European on us. <laughs> I also saw they had the Olympic torch lit last night, too. They did. They did. Martin Truex Jr. first, Austin Dillon second, Kyle Busch third. Now, had this been a meaningful race, a points race, don't you think Austin Dillon would have been penalized for the punt he put on Bubba Wallace? Whew. I mean, and, and they were talking about that last night. I, th- I thought the guys on Fox did a really nice job of explaining how hard it is with the relative slow speeds that they were running last night to get into somebody, and this wasn't by accident. No. It was fairly obvious that Austin Dillon wanted to move Bubba out of the way, and you're exactly right. He would have been penalized tomorrow when the uh, Tuesday hammer drops. Yeah, he would have definitely I – don't, I don't know what they would have come up with, but he would have been docked some, some crew chief points or car owner points and also probably some points in the standings. All right, let's get back to the phone calls. Uh, we Yes, Pat, what you got? Wanted to add, while we're on the subject of NASCAR, something that came out this afternoon, uh, two-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Kyle Busch, was, this actually took place in January, but he was arrested and detained in Mexico in January after a handgun was found in his bag as he and his wife Samantha boarded a private jet to leave the country after a vacation. 
The prosecutor general's office in Mexico said Bush was arrested on January 27th and sentenced today, Monday, to three and a half years in prison and fined $1,100. But he was allowed to return to the states. No information was given in the statement regarding how Bush's sentence would be handled. So unsure at this point if he will actually ever face any prison time or anything. Uh, Kyle Bush has now released a statement saying, quote, In late January, Samantha and I enjoyed a several-day vacation in Mexico when departing the country, my handgun was flagged during routine screening at the airport. I have a valid concealed carry permit from my local authority and adhere to all local handgun laws, but I made a mistake by forgetting it was in my bag. Discovery of the handgun led to my detainment while the situation was resolved. I was not aware of Mexican law and had no intention of bringing a handgun into Mexico. Again, according to the prosecutor general, though, in Mexico, Bush's handgun had six hollow-point cartridges loaded inside of the weapon. Wow. So this is a developing story. And then Bob, I hope I'm saying his name right. We, we reference him all the time. Bob Pachris uh, then went on to describe what he ramifications this may have on his NASCAR career and what penalties he may have. Quote, NASCAR policy is drivers and team members must make sanctioning body aware of any arrests within 72 hours or prior to the next event if it is sooner. Bush did make NASCAR aware of detainment for having a gun in his bag in Mexico. He does not face any discipline from NASCAR. End of statement. Uh, one more graph in the uh, the Bush comment. You didn't see this. Uh, he said, oh, and also, I will not be going back to Mexico anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> he better be grateful he didn't try even, that in Russia. Even if NASCAR, Just ask Griner. Even if NASCAR has a race, I will not be going back to Mexico. <laughs> How yeah, stupid. Good point. Yeah. Um, what else would I want to say? Oh, speaking of that, you know, the South Carolina had the three football players um, suspended and uh, kicked out of school for now for what happened with the um, the weapon, the rifle that Montague Rames allegedly uh, had in the dorm. Did a little checking on that today and nothing really earth shattering, nothing new. Talk, uh, spoke with someone, though, a good source who would know and um there was a meeting today with Rames and Shane Beamer and um, Sterling Lucas, who would have been his position coach at South Carolina, and basically uh, just laid out for him that um, they're going to have to sit back and let the uh, process run its course. In other words, he's got a he's got a hearing uh, coming up in March. I guess it's a hearing, not a trial yet, but a hearing comes up in March, and um, and then they will go from there. Um, Exactly how this thing, you know, turned out to be the way it was. Uh, the person I talked to, you know, said it wasn't his weapon. It was given to him. It was handed to him. And somebody notified authorities that you know, these guys had a weapon in their room. Uh, and I guess the authorities, you know, came looking and they found him with it. Or um, He's the one that's been charged with it. So he's the one that was arrested. So, um, I mean, I was told by this person it, w- it wasn't. He didn't own that particular weapon, so we'll see what happens uh, as this thing you know plays out now. But all three of those guys, I believe, are out of school right now, so uh, not suspended from the football team and um, not going to class or anything like that. So that could be a uh, a difficult situation for all three of them until it gets worked out. Okay, um, John from Detroit. Sorry to put you on hold and make you wait like that. We just had one of those busy nights. But welcome back in, and uh, what else you got for us tonight? All right, no stress. Good. Uh, number one, a lot of, lot of interesting 
interesting conversation in between on the hole. That whine or that noise you heard on NASCAR, I heard that they're testing electric motors. Do you think that might have been a little bit of a part of it? You know, this is not the reason that I called, but you brought it up. Great point. I was wondering if, if we got batteries running things out there. Do you think that was a battery-powered engine out there somewhere? Well, what I'm thinking, yeah, I, I mean, you know it's going to be a different sound. I, I'm a, listen, I'm a certified master mechanic from General Motors. I've been around racing my entire life. And but when you hear a whine like that, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 I mean, it's a whole different twang, obviously. So when you told, when you, when you said over the radio that it didn't sound the same, that was the first thing I thought of. Mm-hmm. Are they testing some electric stuff out there? And it's a shorter track and all that kind of thing. Possibly so. I don't know. Well, my whole point of my, uh, the reason my call, I called in is since I came down here to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which was only three months ago. And my wife and I used to vacation all the time, all this, and whatever, whatever. But uh, I've been listening to 100.3, which plays every Gamecock. Uh, I listen to Friday Night Football. I listen, you know, I, 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 I'm a Michigan guy. I bleed blue. Mm. You know, you, you can talk Red Wings. I don't like the Pistons so much. When you talk Alliance, I mean, I love sports. So I love to listen to sports. And 100.3 is a sports talk radio down here, right? Correct. All right. So at the end of the day, you guys play all the Gamecock football games. You play all the – I mean, you know, you're home for Gamecock, everything. Why was the woman – I mean, you guys – didn't that women's team has won what? You said 29 games? I thought it was 19, but 29 games in a row? Correct. I watched. I went to a, a bar last night, and I watched the end of that game that you said was televised. And that girl was just on fire. I don't even remember her name, but she was just a rock star. Why didn't you play that game last night? Do you not play the women's sports? Oh, oh, oh! Now, now, let me tell you, we don't. The station you're listening to in Myrtle Beach is our affiliate. We're in Columbia. So we don't operate that station. That's just one of our affiliates. It's one of about thirty stations around the state that carry our show. So yeah, but when I when I women let me to let me say station, this: women's basketball USC USC the the Gamecock Sports Network does not network women's basketball. The only radio station that carries women's basketball is the Columbia Gamecock station. They don't. Network. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not a women's basketball fan. I yeah. never watch it. Yeah. But to see that game on television last night and what that girl did, I mean, she's rebounding her own three-point shots. She's, I mean, she was all over that court, man. I mean, she needed props. And I'm like, why was that not on the radio station before I got to the bar? Because that's all I listened to. I don't – there's not a news radio station down here. Like in Detroit, you can listen to WWJ. It plays news all day, every day. Down here, there's not one like that. So I listen to sports. Mm-hmm. One hundred point three. It's. I mean, other than that, you're listening to classic rock and whatever, whatever. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Well, the one hundred point three is the Gamecock affiliate for the Myrtle Beach market, and so they do carry Gamecock men's basketball, football, and the coaches' show. But USC does not network the women's games. Okay. So you can get it. You can get it on a stream if you want to hear it. All the games are on television on either the well, SEC network, strange. one of the ESP channels, or they're streaming it on um, SEC, on the on the Plus, whatever it's called, SEC Plus or whatever. 
I mean, you got a women's basketball team that won 29 games in a row. That's insanity. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's the best team in the country. Why they don't try to network it, I don't know. That's up to the – maybe they don't a mistake. to network it or not network no, it. No, not to network it, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I can't answer I mean, I that. Blow, if I were a marketing manager, I would blow that up. I mean, that's a huge, huge turning – I mean, that's a huge staple for, hey – Guess what we are? We're South Carolina, Gamecocks. And guess what? A women's basketball team is kicking the country's ass. Mm-hmm. Carmelo. No, that's cool. Hey, we got to run, but we thank you for calling in, and please keep in touch. Absolutely, sir. Good Have hearing from you. Yes, sir. All right. Appreciate the phone call. 888 is our break. We'll continue with your phone calls in just a moment here on Sports Talk. And a reminder, speaking of, John down there at the beach. Hey, John, if you're listening or anybody else, you're looking to get away for that vacation this spring or summer, need a great place to stay, make sure you call our man Jimmy Smith at James Smith Real Estate, pauliesvacationrentals.com, 843-237-4246 for your perfect beach getaway, 843-237-4246. Let Jimmy take great care of you and put you in the house or condo that you're looking for. Back in a moment. Hi, this is Billy Downer from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Are you looking for a safe place to shoot your rifle or handgun? Did you know that the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources operates four manned ranges across the state in Pickens County, Spartanburg County, Richland County, and Charleston County? For more information on our public ranges, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash shooting. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. All right, back with you on Sports Talk, 888 Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Coastal Carolina baseball coach Gary Gilmore is going to join us. We'll catch up with him on practice a couple of weeks away from the start of the season for Coastal and all the other major college baseball teams across the state and across the country. So we'll get the latest from him on his baseball team and also how he's feeling. Of course, you know he's got an ongoing battle with uh, cancer that he is not shy uh, about talking about to update everybody on on how he's feeling and hopefully he's feeling he's feeling fine I'm sure he is if he's out there coaching his baseball team so we'll have him coming up plus recruiting coming up for you in a little bit as well so uh, phone number 888-898-2525 we'll get back to your phone calls just a second and a couple of other a couple of other notes to mention that I haven't touched on yet. If you're just joining us, tomorrow there's going to be a 
announcement by USC about a, quote, proposed major development project, end quote. Uh, we'll have that covered for you tomorrow on our website, sportstalksc.com, and tomorrow night on the show. Uh, what else would I want to mention to you here? Oh, the net rankings going into this week. Not real pretty around the state. College of Charleston is 62. Clemson is 64. Furman is 89. That's it. Nobody else under 229. <laughs> Wofford wow. is 230. <laughs> Winthrop is 255. The Gamecocks are 276. Charleston Southern is 281. Coastal is 282. Upstate is 287. The Citadel is 325. Presbyterian is 347. And South Carolina State is 351. You know, Phil, that puts Clemson in an interesting position. They may be the first regular season ACC champions to be on the bubble. Ah. I mean, think about that. I mean, they've got a couple of opportunities, North Carolina, Virginia for certain, for certain and mm-hmm. NC State as well, to improve that. But where they sit right now, if, if I'm Brad Brownell, I'm not real excited about where my team is. Now, realize we still have a month to go. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they've, they're starting to play their way off the bubble instead of playing their way under, you know, underneath and into the tournament. Yeah, well, the loss at Boston College was bad. The loss to South Carolina, the last loss to Loyola, bad. Mm-hmm. They lost to a good, oh, no doubt, uh, Miami team. That's a good team. And you know, what's his name? Is it Nigel Pack? That's what you can get for an eight hundred thousand uh, dollar NIL. Uh, Nigel Pack. Remember, he signed that big NIL deal to go to Miami. He was where? Where was he before? Kansas State, I believe. Quite a player. Quite a good player. And Wong, their guard, quite a good player. That's a good team. But uh, right now, you know, Clemson just needs to get healthy. They had everybody back for the first time in a long time. Everybody who who could play and everybody could play, they were all in uniform. And, um, you know, Brevin Galloway was, was good. Seemed like, you know, his new underwear worked well for him. <laughs> He should be proud of his new deal. And um, it was, uh, as I tweeted out as he was going out there, I think I said something like he was well-packaged or it was packaged well, whatever. I don't mean to chuckle, but he brought it on himself, and I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliant the way he handled it, and good for him. Yeah. And I was going to ask you how he he looked and how he played against Miami. He scored nine points in five minutes, and then they kind of shut him down. But then, you know, Mm -hmm. like P.J. Hall had two points in the first half, but then he had – what did he finish with? Twenty some. He had a big second half, but he was quiet in the first half. So, um, you know, defensively, that was the thing that Brownell pointed to after the game. They just couldn't come up with defensive stops. Yeah, that's where that was a frustrating thing for him when they needed to get a stop late in the ball game. Miami could come down and get what it wanted and get good shots, and and they were knocking them down. They they shot the ball well uh, from the outside. Now. Speaking of Miami, they're playing Duke tonight. Duke had that highly emotional, highly charged win over North Carolina in Durham on Saturday, and a good win for them as they're trying to fight their way back to national prominence. They're playing Miami right now, so they went from home Saturday down to Miami uh, tonight, and they're getting creamed. It's 19-7 to about midway through, a little past midway through the first first half there down in uh, in Miami, so – you don't get a chance to relax for very long when they give you a Monday game after a, an yeah. emotional Saturday game. And how long do you think the honeymoon period is for John Shire at Duke? Oh, I think they'll give him every opportunity. This year? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think they'll give him every opportunity. No, he's he's he's. I mean, look, they're going to make the tournament, aren't they? No, I think so. I can't imagine a team that's that'll fin- finish with twenty plus wins with their name. They're not they're not leaving them out. Yeah, so I think he'll be all right, and he's got a great recruiting class coming in. I mean, <clears throat> transition is tough when you go from legend to newbie, and it's um, going to have some bumps along the way. Uh, they'll be fine. They're Duke. They attract great players year in and year out, just like North Carolina. They'll be fine. They're going to have enough great players year in and year out to be highly competitive. See uh, what else we got for you here now before we hit the bottom of the hour break. And Gary Gilmore joins us. Um, talked about that. We talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, we told you about that. We did the net. Oh, Furman kicks off spring football practice in the morning at six thirty. What are you thinking, Clay Hendricks? Six thirty in the morning. Um, so they'll be getting their fifteen spring practices over the next six weeks. Spring game, March eighteenth, noon at Paladin Stadium. Also, um, Atlantic Collegiate, the newest one of those uh, schools, Atlantic Collegiate in Myrtle Beach, announced the hiring of their director of athletics today, William Payne. He comes to Myrtle Beach from a school in Hopewell, Virginia, West End Christian School. So he takes over there at Atlanta Atlantic Collegiate. Uh, the Panthers agreed to terms with Ejiro Evero to be their new defensive coordinator. He's the former Broncos defensive coordinator. He also interviewed for the Panthers' head coaching job, but he's going to get the defensive coordinator's job. Love that hire. I tell you, there's a lot of connections here. The Panthers are going back in their bag once again. Remember, they brought back the first ever starting quarterback, Frank Wright. Reich. Well, now it's being rumored that Dom Capers, first ever head coach, may be coming back to join that defensive staff. He worked uh, out wow. in yeah. He worked with Denver um, for the last couple of years. He he was on that staff with Coach Evero, and also. Uh, let's see, there was one other connection. By the way, the Panthers are going back in their bag trying to bring back, bring back the history in Charlotte. How about this? You know, Bally Sports, which, among other things, owns the regional television rights for, like, the Braves and the Hornets and teams like that. And of course, they got these uh, regional rights all over the country from when they bought it. Uh, Bally Sports is struggling. They're headed towards uh, bankruptcy. And Major League Baseball is exploring all of its media options. This is from Front Office Sports, including taking back local TV rights to 14 teams. That would include the Braves. At present, MLB would prefer to keep the status quo. Wouldn't that be something if the Braves had to go back to a local television outlet because Bally is no longer with us? Wow. Yeah. Well, you talk about a team that has dominated a fan base in the southeast. That would be a challenge for them, I would think. Yeah. Okay, speaking of, we got Gary Gilmore from the uh, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers coming up. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network here on a Monday night. Appreciate you being with us. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, Pat Daniel. You know it's college baseball season. Practice is ongoing. A couple of more weeks this week and next week. Week from Friday, we'll have actual games, real games to be played, real games that will be counted. 
Looking forward to that. We always love to talk about Coastal Carolina baseball here on Sports Talk. We welcome in the Hall of Fame coach, the national champion coach, Gary Gilmore, to Sports Talk once again. Coach, good to have you with us. How are you? Bill, I'm doing great. How about yourself? We are terrific. It's great to hear your voice once again. And, of course, before we talk some baseball, let's talk some Gary Gilmore. How are you feeling? How are things coming along with everything? Uh, everything's great. Just got back uh, from Houston uh, a week ago and uh, spent a whole week there getting uh, every, everything evaluated that that they could. And uh, all's good right now. Everything's uh, stable and uh, been two years out now on maintenance drugs and uh, everything's stable. So uh, praise the Lord at this point. Just appreciate every day it gives me. Absolutely. Your doctors must be ecstatic. Oh, they are. No, he's uh he told me I was he told me I was his perfect patient, so uh, you know, I just hopefully I can keep it up, man. So and I honestly I feel great. So uh, you know, heck I still get out here and throw B P three, four times a week and uh do stuff. So uh, you know, I I'm enjoying it and uh you know, we got a really young team, so uh, you know, they're well, a little bit of hair I got left going to probably go away here pretty soon. <laughs> well, I can relate to that. So uh, take us through <laughs> practice so far. You guys have been at it since uh, things started. Uh, how long ago has it been? Uh, a little over a week ago, I guess. And uh, Yeah, we, we've had a couple weekends. Yeah. What do you think about what you're seeing out there? Well, I mean, you know, we, we lost uh, we lost seven guys uh, to professional baseball and then our two our two best returning guys went in the portal and, uh, mm. you know, got, got, got a bunch of money. And, you know, so we, we basically, uh, you know, to a certain degree, I mean, we're not like completely starting over, but pretty close. I mean, we, we have one position player that's actually played here for more than a year. That's got, you know, some pedigree about him from, from being here. And, uh, outside of that, I mean, we don't have, we don't really have a pitcher that's on our team that's, you know, thrown significant innings at this point. So, I mean, it's hmm. it's almost like starting over, to be honest with you. But, you know, I mean, our young kids are, you know, I think we're very, very talented. It just, you know, we're, we're going to be running 18, 19-year-old kids out there against 23, 24-year-olds against some of these teams. So, you know, it, it'll be a it'll be a learning experience. But, you know, I mean, uh, you know, they're – one thing about the young kids, they're 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 energetic into getting into it and, and competing and, and playing and you know right now we're you know we're, we're able to mold them a little bit so hopefully uh, hopefully as time goes on you know this year we'll you know we'll be a force to be reckoned with somewhere along the way I hope. Do you have anybody of uh, age, anybody of ex- major experience that you can kind of build around? Um, I mean. Not you know I mean you know we got uh, uh, Edmondson kid that was at Clemson uh, I mean he's got a fantastic arm but you know, I mean he doesn't have a ton of ton of innings under his belt uh, there I mean he's you know he, he's got tremendous ability and I mean we've got we got a handful of older guys that you know just uh, you know we we need them to step up and and kind of bridge the gap I mean our our, our ultimate talent level and the really really t- most talented guys to a large degree are, are our young guys you know which is which is encouraging relying on your recruiting class i guess and did you you mentioned a player from clemson did you did you hit the transfer portal a lot after losing some players 
I mean, we tried, you know, I mean, you know, we, we just, I offered, you know, I, I mean, we offered a, heck, I'd never done this in my life, Phil. Heck, I, I offered a ton of full rides to, to guys pitching-wise trying to reload instead of rebuild. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, if we if you don't have NIL cash money, man, you, 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 can't, you can't compete for the really good guys. You know, you have to, to a certain degree, you have to find, you know, semi-project guys is about what's all left i mean it's it's amazing it's amazing how overnight it's it's just changed you know i mean i i I, you know coast coastal is not going to be able to you know we're we're not i don't see us in my lifetime competing competing in the nil world Hmm. we we just we just we just don't have it you know and um you know it yeah, I have some philosophical issues with the whole thing anyway, but, you know, I mean, in the reality of the real world, you have to realize, I mean, you know, heck, you know, I mean, there's there's probably about somewhere between five and ten schools that just have, like, it's like in the most insane amount of money to in their collectives compared to everyone else. I think there's a, you know, even in the SEC, I think there's a lot of guys probably in the hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollar range, and then you got some teams that got two million. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, and and when you go up, you know, I mean, I think the ultimate thing is, you know, it's going to be interesting to see as time goes on. They're going to run the mid major out of competitive, you know, competition in sports against the, you know, the the elite power five schools. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a sad thing. You know, it just. When when it, when it, you take the opportunity of a Coastal Carolina and pretty much close the door on a mid-major, maybe breaking through or uh, like a Butler in basketball, I mean it's the same deal. You know, if you close the door on them because of money, it's really kind of sad. You know, I, I hate to see it. Gary Gilmore, head baseball coach at Coastal Carolina, with us here tonight. And, uh, Coach, it's great to have you back on the program. And, and just dovetailing off what you're saying with regards to NIL, do you envision a, an opportunity or at least a time here in the near future that your story from back in 2016 will never, ever be able to be duplicated anymore? I, I mean, I think it gets way more difficult. You know, I mean, heck, it was hard, it's hard, it was hard enough before. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, some of I mean <laughs> – you know, you you look at some of these teams. I mean, you know, shoot, LSU they got a they might have a triple A club. You know, I mean, all <laughs> all the guys they've got. You know, I mean, holy cow. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, you know, it, get baseball's a crazy game. You know, you can you can have the best players, but not play the best and 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 lose. So, you know, I mean, is it does it mean we have no chance? No, but I, I just you know, I mean, the amounts of talent the power the upper power five type schools are able to kind of hoard so to speak i mean it just you know it's just gonna it's gonna be interesting i I guess we gotta you know you gotta let it play out i mean you look at tennessee last year i mean they were one of those teams and you know someone find you know notre dame found a way to you know take a bunch of older guys in there and do some things you know it just i think that's but that's going to be really hard because i think there's going to be several of those teams like tennessee this coming time you know, so it's going to be re- it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, ultimately how the rest of college baseball tries to figure out how to be competitive. And I mean, it's 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 in everything. I mean, you look at you look at football right now, and I- I'll bet you the three of us right now, if they told us to pick ten schools of which 
the national championship national champion in football would come from next year. I guarantee you the three of us could could name all ten of we might mm-hmm. have ten different ones, but we would we would nail it. Hmm. There's no, it's, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's, you know, Alabama and you know Georgia and Ohio State and this, you know, whatever. They're always going to be there. And I just, at the end of the day, it's you know the parity that's been created in the NFL and in the major leagues, whatever. Somehow, college sports is going to have to figure out how to create parity. Well, what kind of challenges in front of your team this year with the expansion in the Sun Belt and teams like Old Dominion coming in and Marshall and uh, certainly uh, James Madison in Southern Mississippi, who's picked to actually win the West Division according to D1 Baseball? What are, what are you anticipating seeing out of your league? Uh, it's just gotten it's gotten way more difficult, you know. I mean, and, and good good for everything. I mean, heck, I mean mm-hmm. Southern Miss obviously, you know, I think they probably. You know, at least where where Scott's had his team the last probably three or four years, he probably you know they probably leapfrogged our whole entire pack, and uh, you know at least in consistency of being super regionals and things like that. So I mean, you know they're they're bringing a lot to the table as as does Old Dominion. They've been very very good too, and you know I, I, heck, I, every everybody wants to play good people and be in a great conference. I think our conference probably you know now legitimately. You know, if everybody plays good, you know, and plays well outside the conference, you got a chance to get possibly three teams in, and and on good years, you probably ought to get four. Talking with Gary Gilmore for a couple more minutes, head baseball coach, Coastal Carolina. How close are you, or how far away are you from settling on a weekend rotation? Do you kind of have that in mind? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I could tell. You, I wish I could tell. You I had any idea outside, outside of outside of one guy. I think it's uh, right now. It's you know we're you know when you, when you one thing about when you coach young pitchers, you know trying to get five six innings out of them is is really tough. You know I, I think we're a team that, in all honesty, I, we we may have to kind of mirror mirror ourselves after. Um, the way East Carolina did it last year when, you know, they lost a couple of their top starters and they basically had to be a team that, you know, just ran guys out there. And as soon as one guy went out, there was another one warming up and, you know, just you, you ride a guy till he gets in trouble and you go to the next guy, ride another guy till he gets in trouble and you go to the next guy. I, I just kind of think that's where we're at right now. We just, you know, we just don't have a lot of, uh, you know, until some guys get some experience and innings under their belt to expect some of these guys to be able to go 75 to 90 pitches, you know, in the beginning of the year is unrealistic. Their stuff their stuff just hasn't developed enough to, to get to a lineup three times. So, you know, we're, we're going to have to, you know, probably mix and match and pitch a bunch of guys, which, you know, I, I think, like I said, over time, I think it'll settle itself out. And just there, there's so many unknowns at this point in time. You know, just you know, I, the the biggest piece is us just ultimately throwing enough strikes to be be competitive. We we have guys with some arm strength and good stuff. We just gotta we gotta fill the strike zone up enough not to beat ourselves. All right, last thing we'll let you go. Have you got a feel then since this team is being rebuilt? It sounds like and this practically new to you. Have you got a feel for? Is it going to be a power-hitting team? Is it you going to rely on speed, good defense? What do you think will be the strongest characteristic? 
I, you know, I think is for us to win, we're going to have to be a little bit of everything. To mm-hmm. be honest, I, I don't. We we don't have a we don't have a proven uh, we don't have a proven like you know big numbers home run hitter in in the middle of the order. Uh, you know, we've got a little bit of foot speed here and there. Um, you know, I, I think ultimately we're we're just we're going to have to figure our identity out. We really don't have one. You know, to be very honest with you, we don't. You know, heck, we like I said. I mean, we lost we lost nine guys from last year's team that were you know seven professional and two our two best returners. Yeah, I don't care what team you are, man. It, you know, unless you can go out and reload through the portal, you 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 feel the growing pains. You know, and I mean, we're gonna. There are going to be days when we, we don't look very good at all, and there will be days when you go, man, this team's got a chance to be really good at some point. Yeah. And I, I think that's where we're going to kind of be in the beginning. And, you know, we just got to coach our butts off. You know, that's, that's got to be very positive and, you know, hold kids accountable to, to playing at their top level. And, you know, if we do that, we'll, we'll be competitive. It just, you know, we're going to have enough firepower to – you know, be be good enough to to play with our schedule. I mean, our schedule so hard again. Mm. I mean, we played the second most difficult out of conference schedule in the country last year, and I mean, this one's pretty much about the same. So, you know, just make us better. We just keep getting better, man. Just got to coach, you know. I hear you. Yeah, you got Clemson, you got North Carolina, you got Campbell, you got College of Charleston, you got NC State, you got. Um, Middle Tennessee in Wake there. Forest. You got Wake Forest. Yeah, you you got a tough. Don't see the Gamecocks in there, but oh, otherwise yeah. you got a pretty tough slate. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 never easy, my friend. There there are no easy wins in in, in Division One baseball. There are no none on our schedule. I promise you, everyone's going to be a dogfight. Anything we can do to help you get those Gamecocks on the schedule, or is that? Hey man, I, I, we would we would love it. It just you know it it, it isn't it isn't uh it's, it's it's out of my hands. I heck I I've wanted to play for a long time. All 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 they have to do is is ever tell us they want to play. Now, you know heck I mean Coastal would love to play. We play them in all our other sports. I, I'm not, it's just been weird that you know it just hasn't whatever mm-hmm. the politics of the whole situation are, is just out of our control. I understand. Well, we thank you for being with us. Number one, the best news is that you're doing great. That's the best news. Number two, I have a feeling you'll be fine with this baseball team, knowing <laughs> you and your coaching staff. You'll you'll whip something together. You won 39 games last year, and you took it to East Carolina there in the, in the regional, almost advanced. So uh, I got a feeling you'll have your guys right there in the mix once again. We look forward to talking to you many times. Well, I hope so. You and Chris take care and appreciate all you do for college baseball. Love you guys. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Yeah, don't buy anything he was just telling you, folks. They're going to be just fine. Phil, you you nailed it. Uh, 39 games last year with the team he had to sort of cobble back together, and and they have been hit by graduation and transfer. But, I mean, this is a team that swept Clemson last year, and you're right, probably could have beaten East Carolina had they had a day off maybe in the regional just to get some pitching back. But, yeah, and and he was asked, you'll remember, we go back to, uh, to late May last year, he was asked after the regional about the South Carolina situation, same response. It's not Coastal's problem. Mm-mm. It's USC's problem. Yeah. There's something that's preventing that, and it's not in Conway. It's in Columbia. All right, we go to the break. We'll come back with recruiting. Maybe a few comments from Don Staley at the half. Oh, my. Miami just taking it to puke. 40-26. to 26. Which just goes to show you, 
Duke and North Carolina both stink this year. But when they play each other, of course, it's stop the presses. It's the end of time. It's the greatest of greatest. But then when they get back to real basketball, well, they ain't got it. But Miami's really, really good. Back in a moment. Founders Federal Credit Union knows your life is busy and your money is important. We are proud to offer local personalized services and convenient online services like Founders Online and the Founders app. You'll love being with us as much as we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax. Win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. All right, folks, let's get started. Parents, thanks for coming. As many of you know, I'm Coach Mather. Tonight I want to talk about the season, of which I only have one expectation, that everybody gets stronger. When I say get stronger, I'm not referring solely to physical strength. Sure, we'll be in the weight room, we'll be running stairs, but we're also going to focus on developing mental toughness and grit because those are the characteristics that allow us to achieve greatness both on and off the court. So how do we develop those things? By getting comfortable with a challenge, by cultivating the confidence necessary to overcome adversity in all forms. That's why I coach. That's my purpose. Every member of this team can lean on me, and I'll teach them how they can lean on themselves and each other. This message presented by the SCHSL and the South Carolina Athletic Administrators Association. Let's give you the recruiting report here on Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Seawells. And, of course, we're going to take Mr. Muldrow out to Seawells for the uh, daily luncheon buffet, unless he's already been out there many times himself to experience it. He loved to go. He'd love for somebody to pay for his lunch. Be happy to. Uh, the daily luncheon buffet, and you can take a friend or two, and it won't break your, it won't break your wallet. It's only $13 per plate. And you can load it up and eat as much as you want. And uh, we invite you to get over to Sea Wells for the daily luncheon buffet Monday through Friday, 11 to 2. And if you need the best in the catering business, that too, simply Sea Wells, 803-771-7385 online, SeaWellsCateringSC.com. So an update on Blake Franks, Greenville High offensive guard. Had thought about announcing on February 7th. That's a while back when he was thinking about that, his mother's birthday. But his recruiting has become so complicated between USC and Clemson. He said last night he's not certain he can even make a decision this month. He says he's feeling like he's trying to make a decision probably a little bit later now. He'll come up with a date, and then he'll post that. And he's been talking to both schools. Uh, The other day he did a FaceTime with Shane Beamer and – Coach Teasley, Lonnie Teasley, the offensive line coach at South Carolina, so his dad could see the USC football complex. He hasn't been there yet to see it, so they gave the dad a virtual tour. Clemson, he's been talking to them as well. He was supposed to talk to an engineering professor at Clemson, but they had to reschedule. He's been talking to Thomas Austin, the offensive line coach there, also the GA a little bit. 
And he's also hearing from his teammates, his classmates, receiver Mazio Bennett, Gamecock commitment, and receiver Tyler Brown, who is a Clemson commitment. USC's in the top five with cornerback Noah Jenkins of Highland Springs, Virginia. The others are Virginia Tech, Ole Miss, Pitt, Penn State, USC target, tied in Kylan Fox of Loganville, Georgia. He announced he'll have some type of announcement on February 12th. He was at USC's Junior Day in January. Not sure if he's announcing a commitment or a short list. Basketball 6'4", Austin Swartz of Concord, North Carolina, was at USC Saturday. He got offered by Lamont Paris. First time they had met, he really liked it. Got a chance to see the facilities and said from what he heard from Paris, he feels like what they do certainly fits what he does. Clemson is also in the hunt. He visited there for the Duke game, a win over Duke on January 14th. That was his first Clemson game. He continues to hear from Lucas McKay and Sean Dixon of Clemson. He likes Brad Brownell a lot as well. So right now, Clemson, NC State, Tennessee, Illinois, and Georgia kind of at the top. South Carolina is also in the hunt for a potential official visit. He won't take those until after his season. One definite official visit will be to Illinois. He's averaging 25.7 rebounds and five assists this season. 6'3", Justin Ray of Eastside was at USC Saturday. And 6'10", Ellis Graham of Gray Collegiate was at Clemson on Saturday for the Miami game. There you go. Recruiting brought to you by Seawells. Here's a couple of minutes, couple of moments, couple of minutes with the eagle-cladded Don Staley, <laughs> eagle-cladded jersey, eagle jersey-cladded, however you want to word that. Don Staley, post-game after they beat Connecticut, first time ever winning against UConn in the state of Connecticut for the Gamecocks. Here is some of the press conference as she talks about how um, how hard her players played and the effort that they gave. Um, I like their aggressiveness. I like the fact that they were um, grinding it out. I mean, so I mean, it wasn't pretty, but it was just making sure that they didn't get open looks. We want to make sure that Lopez did not get open looks. And you, you, you see, you, you saw what she could do in the fourth quarter. Like you know, very little space. I thought we had some lapses, and we didn't switch out. And she got some, some. I mean, she wasn't wide, wide open, but enough for her. Um, I just like that group. They play fast. Um, they were able to play on the fly. They were able to execute what we needed to execute on both sides of the basketball and um, found ourselves back in the basketball game. Uh, you've been talking a lot this year about needing Camila to be dominant. You said it Thursday. What does a dominant Camila Cardoso kind of look like or mean to you? In that moment after she fouled out, you kind of went out on the court to see her. What Can you take us through that moment? Uh, I mean, it, it starts in practice. Like, she, she really has to take it a lot more seriously because, I mean, she is there's, – there's not a whole lot like her. She's mobile. Um, she's efficient. Um, she rebounds the basketball even if it's her, her own misses. Uh, and she, she's a shot blocker. Like, she's an intimidation factor. And she needs to play that way all the time because, like I said, um, if, she doesn't, if she doesn't have the performance that she, that she had to, today, we lose the basketball game. Um, if we could play a little bit better, some, other, some of our other players could be a little more efficient, then she's a difference in it not being as close as it, as it is. Yeah, she's not a robot. Like I told her, you're not a robot. You're not a robot. Like, you have emotions. Um, I thought it was quick. Considering what, what, what happens out in our game, it was pretty quick. 
Um, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna beat our players up for um, being who they are. All right, Don Staley, following the win last night, yesterday afternoon over Connecticut. Hey, that'll do it. Out of time. Have a great night. See you tomorrow.